This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The environment is the most dangerous, pressing problem in the world today, we're told. And yet private jets, by the dozens, headed to the Global Warming Conference in Dubai are literally frozen on a virtual glacier in Munich, Germany. Go figure. Go figure, my friends. The China's coal boom is here to stay. The upcoming UN climate confab could have the largest carbon footprint in the event's history. How are we to understand these developments in our world? And Germany... In serious crisis, says the Bavarian leader, Chancellor Olaf Scholz's government is completely helpless. Why? Well, there's a serious national crisis there in Germany. It has a lot to do with oil and gas. It has a lot to do with fossil fuels. And they're rejecting of Russia's oil and gas upon which 70% of Germans, Germany's construction infrastructure is based. Then we find that EV plug-in costs are to be supercharged in the United States. And over and over again, we find that the talk about the environment is maybe just talk. The Russian Times has a piece that says it's a scam. How electric vehicles harm the environment that they're supposed to save. All of that here today on Viewpoint. I'm glad that you've joined us. This conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And today's program is heavy on information. Necessarily, it's heavy on information because in order to understand the developments that are taking place, we have to have the information. However, the information has broader implications. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look both at the information and the broader implications. You may recall, back a few years ago, in fact, in 2009, Prince Charles warned in the Rio de Janeiro a conference that the nations have less than 100 months to act. That was eight years at that point. That would have taken us to 2017 in order to save the planet from inevitable damage due to global warming, which they now have called climate change. Because they can't determine whether it's actually warming or cooling, and so whichever way it goes, it's climate change. Then U.S. President Barack Obama, just nine months later, addressed the Copenhagen Climate Summit Conference declaring we're running out of time. Running out of time for what? Well, that's the real and overarching question. The answer to which gives genuine meaning to what appears to be a kind of scientific, shall we say, gospel of global salvation that grips the Pope and politicians, yes, even many pastors and priests, So today, hopefully, we're going to ponder together the actual answer about to be here revealed or unveiled. It changes everything. 
as to why the increasing provocation of a sense of urgency presents itself in a counterfeit of biblical prophecy cloaked in the high priesthood garbs of science, compelling all to be true believers and to conform our lives accordingly, and failing to do so, by the way, is pronounced as the unpardonable sin, consigning the unbelieving to the climate change falsity to planetary perdition from which there is no redemption. Hmm. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. Viewpoint determines destiny, friends, and our viewpoint concerning the issue of climate is important. Yes, it is. Nobody, I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, or from any other country, you would necessarily have to say, honestly, that environment is important. Our environment is important. God knew that our environment was important, so he created an environment that would sustain human life and would enable us to grow in its use and application for prosperity and to accomplish his purposes. The environment is important, and it's intended to be used. It's not that the environment is to worship us or that we are to worship the environment. It's that the environment was given by God to humankind. Humankind was not given to the environment. The environment was provided for humankind. In fact, it's believed scientifically that the earth actually and its environment is the only place in the universe that provides the necessary arrangement of environmental factors to sustain human life. In other words, God had an intention, and that intention has not changed. So what are we to do? How are we to understand the vast amount of information pouring out and uh, those like John Kerry there, the energy czar, the environmental czar, on behalf of Joe Biden, parading around the world, telling us about the end of the age. We're at the end of the age, and if we don't do something to radically save the environment, we're all dead meat. Well, that's a counterfeit apocalypse, friends. That's like replacing the biblical apocalypse and the biblical description of the end of the age with a counterfeit to take man's attention off of that which God directs his attention. In other words, that we're to get our own lives in order because the real problem with the environment is not the environment. The real problem with the environment is our individual lives in our families and in our cities and in our countries, in our world. That's where the real problem is, from God's viewpoint. So Satan very cleverly provides an alternative. And the world would much rather assault global warming or global cooling or climate change than dealing with the climate, the spiritual climate, in their own lives. It's just easier because we don't want to deal with the spiritual climate in our own lives. Not very much, anyway. And so, here on Viewpoint, as you can see, this does have application. It has spiritual application to us, and we need not to forget that. So, this upcoming, well, actually, it's now 
uh, in operation the uh, um, upcoming United Nations UN Climate Conference in the United Arab Emirates, UAE, known as COP28, appears likely to have a larger carbon footprint than any previous UN United Nations Climate Change Summit. More than 70,000 people were expected to show up, about 25,000 more people than ever before, and certainly more than last year's summit. And it runs through November 30th through December 12th. To focus on global strategies to reduce emissions and accelerate the shift away from fossil fuels in favor of green energy. Well, green energy actually means spillion 20 trillions of green dollars. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Trillions of green dollars to be spent in order to save the climate, putting the nations into bankruptcy so they cannot survive economically in order to save the climate that they cannot sustain. Well, the conference attendees there in the United Nations Climate Conference have drawn scrutiny in previous years for traveling to and from the event in private jets while lecturing on the importance of reducing emissions. Notably, a luxury concierge service had been offering to arrange private jet charters ahead of this year's conference. So the question then is, are climate conferences full of hypocrites? It's just a rhetorical question. One of the key issues to be discussed at the conference that is being discussed right now is the shape of a so-called loss and damages fund, an international climate reparations program. And the special presidential envoy uh, from our country for climate, John Kerry, suggested that the U.S. will pay millions into the fund. Well, that's just the beginning. A number of many activists and representatives of poorer countries say that's way too inadequate. And China is unlikely to have any significant obligation to the fund, well, because it classified as a developing country, in spite of the fact that it's the world's top emitter and second largest economy in the world. So you have with John Kerry and Joe Biden promising billions in U.S. taxpayer money, and beefing up the treasuries of non-governmental organizations with tens of billions of dollars in 2024 get-out-the-vote activist money, this year's climate gong show was bound to attract record numbers of camp followers, celebrities, kleptocrats, and other misfits, says this particular article put out by the Daily Caller News. Where is this all going? 
How are we to understand the severity of this? Well, we've talked about the environment many times here on the program. It's been a while because, quite frankly, while the environment is an important thing to all of us, the chutzpah, the sheer pride that we can control the environment is almost beyond the pale. It turns us into a a kind of, shall we say, godhood, that we are able to control the environment that God created for humankind's benefit and for our living purposes. Are we really able to do that? Well, Joe Biden apparently believes that we are because he now is pressing forward with a new agenda that's been talked about in the past about controlling this access of the sun to our country and to the world. Controlling the access of the sun and its rays to the world. I want you to think about that. Try to be rational about it. How long do you think that any effort of the collective effort of human scientists in this world would be able to control the energy of the sun and its heat as it enters this earth for any significant period of time? And what would be the unintended consequences of doing that? Apparently, they don't think about those things. Because, after all, if we are God, if we're godlike and we can do these things, then why should we even bother to consider about the law of unintended consequences? And why should we even consider the fact that we're asking ourselves to do something, depending upon ourselves to do something, that God saw no reason to do? In fact, if you think about it, apparently it appears that at one period of time, God had the earth covered with even more environmental covering so that the rays of the sun, the the damaging rays of the sun, did not reduce the life of humankind. Remember, humankind did live between 900 and 1,000 years old. Methuselah, 965 years, I think it was. So they had long lives. But then, you see, during that period of time, there had been no rain. The water from the earth came up, watered the earth. But then there came a flood. Remember that? There was a flood. And gradually after that, God reduced the lifespan of humankind to 120 years. How did he do that? Well, one of the ways that he did that was to increase or decrease the covering, rather, the environmental covering through clouds or whatever it was, so that the sun would have more piercing rays that would enter the atmosphere and touch the skin, and inner being of humankind. I think that's pretty well understood. So if God arranged for that to take place, who are we then to accelerate it? That is, 
to even reduce those rays even the more so. You see, we really are trying to play God, not only in this regard, but in so many other regards. In other words, we're trying to ignore what God, the Creator, has said concerning our procreation. And so he said, replenish the earth, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and we say, not so much. No, we're going to abort our children. And we're also, he said, uh, you know, what I've joined together, man must not put him asunder. And so if you marry, you marry before God and man, and therefore you are not going to divorce. You're not going to put asunder. We say, uh, well, we have a different viewpoint, Lord. We, we just don't quite agree with you. And then with regard to fornication, sex outside of marriage, we say, well, you know what? A man's got to do what he's got to do. As one uh, black pastor recently said, a man's got to do what he's got to do. In other words, if he wants to fornicate and frolic, he'll fornicate and frolic. So we decide we don't like what God said about our sexual relationships. The same is true with regard to the practice of homosexuality and transgenderism and all of that. We just decide, you know what, we know better. We're, we're modern now. Uh, we're, we're really cool. And, uh, yeah, we've got global warming, but we're still really cool. And so we're going to do things our way. Isn't that what Frank Sinatra said? He said, I'll do it my way. And so that's become the mantra of America, and in many respects, all over the Western world. And it's been pervaded now through all the rest of the world, not just the Western world, but the rest of the world. This God-defying kind of thinking that we can do what we want to do without consequence. Now, what we don't realize and apparently are not coming to grips with is the cost of electric vehicles and what they do to harm the environment that they're supposed to save. And uh, so I'm going to share with you some thoughts here from the Russian Times as it relates to India. Uh it's, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. In 2032, India will need a billion tons of coal, partly to change electric vehicles in urban areas via power generated by thermal plants. Well, five Indian cities, including the capital of New Delhi, consistently rank in the world's top ten worst air-polluted cities. Delhi alone has around four million cars, So, I mean, you can see why the government of India might be promoting electric vehicles on a large scale. On the other hand, we have to look at the reality of it. Around 27 million EVs were running on Indian roads as of July 2023. However, India's EVs depend on just uh, 8,700 public charging stations that are in operation as of June of this year. The number of those uh, charging stations needs to increase to a minimum of 1.32 million to support a 30% market share for EVs in India. Do you have any idea what it takes to move from 8,000 charging stations to 1.32 million? For an EV to achieve maximum environmental benefit, 
the electricity used for charging has to be generated from green or renewable sources. However, much of India's electricity is still dependent on coal-based thermal power plants, and the government is on a spree to auction more coal mines and make non-operational mines functional again. India's total thermal installed capacity is 238 gigawatts, over 48% of their thermal power, and it is obtained mostly from coal. So in spite of all the screaming and crying among environmentalists, coal is still dominating even in the production of EVs despite efforts to generate electricity from renewable sources. Much of India's electricity will still be derived from thermal plants running on coal by the early 2030s. But as India seeks to satisfy the mobility needs of its growing, urbanizing, and rapidly developing population, energy demand and CO2 emissions from the sector could double by 2050. Well, how's that going to be? All of that going to be taken care of. Projections indicate a substantial demand for coal with an estimated 831 million tons in 2026-27 and 118 1.018 million 118 million tons in 2031-32. So power plants relying on coal will import approximately 40 million tons to meet the growing demand. Demand for what? Well, for energy. And the EVs, just to generate them, are requiring massive amounts of coal. The very thing that we're told they need to get rid of. A report released by the Center for Science and Environment in March of 2023 states that According to the Fuel Institute, a think tank in Europe, 73% of the emissions from internal combustion engines are released due to vehicle operations, while for EVs, electrical vehicles, 72% of the emissions originate from the fuel burnt to produce the electricity which charges the EV battery. In other words, there's virtually no benefit with EVs netted out. No benefit. And that's before we even consider the money that's involved. No benefit to the environment. Not netted out. In China, China's in no position to give up hydrocarbons especially coal. During the first half of this year, China approved 52 gigawatts of new coal power, which was more than all the approvals issued two years ago. These new approvals are in addition to the 136 gigawatts of coal capacity that are already under construction, and together these new plants represent more than 65% of all approvals for coal in the world. China. And yet Joe Biden is playing footsie with China. How do you 
How do we understand this kind of nonsense, friends? Is this just sheer willful blindness? Or is there a motivation? Is there something behind this that is driving these people? Is it a reprobate mind? What is it? They can't think straight. They won't think straight. There is no real ultimate reality to what they say. There's rationalization, but there isn't reality. We're going to go look further at this uh, after the break, friends. Again, we're talking about uh, what's happening with regard to the environmental uh, issues of our time, even as the U.N. is holding its great climate conference there in the UAE. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. I call it environmental deification. Environmental deification. In other words, turning the environment into a pseudo-god. And it's a battle for the souls of men. Mother Earth versus Father God. You'll never hear any of these so-called environmentalists talk about Father God or God himself or God's intentions or him as creator. All they talk about is Mother Earth. Why is that? So it's not man's but Earth's destiny that is now driving the pseudo-religious passions of the planet. This is a false or counterfeit religion, friends, setting up a false messiah. When Earth Day started in 1970, I doubt that there would be very many people who have been expected to become a globally observed religious holiday with his own Ten Commandments, Yeah, its own Ten Commandments. It's become, as a professor of environmental policy at the University of Maryland said, a primitive religion. There's a scientist calling it a primitive religion. America's leading environmental historian, William Craner, of the University of Wisconsin, calls environmentalism a new religion because it offers a complex series of moral imperatives for ethical action and judges human conduct accordingly. He said it's no mere coincidence that contemporary environmental prophecies virtually echo the same set of calamities worn by God in Deuteronomy for the worship of other gods. Now this is coming from a scientist, friends, a professor, 
Even without realizing it, writes Professor Nelson, environmentalism is recasting ancient biblical messages to a new secular vocabulary. One radical environmental organization has even declared that the most important commandment for beings was to put earth first. Not to put God first, but to put earth first. So, that's the reason why Time Magazine had a cover story called Climate is Everything. That was in 2021. But what does everything mean? Is the word climate somewhat of a euphemistic alternative to the term Mother Earth? Or does it even have greater messianic import? Well, I think that the answer to that question reveals the supreme gravity of the global pursuit of religious environmentalism by Pope and politician alike. Environmentalism has become the new gospel of planetary salvation the seductive spiritualized glue to bind humanity in a fear-induced unity, thus seducing mankind in unified worship of creation in hot pursuit of a resurrected Garden of Eden utopia to be achieved by a new world order. That's why Pope Francis has made it one of his premier objectives to drive the issue of environmentalism. He's not driving the issue of salvation from sin, friends. He's created a new sin. It's climate change. Instead of dealing with the sins that God deals with, such as Divorce and remarriage, which Jesus called adultery, if your spouse is still living. Instead of dealing with the issue of the practice of homosexuality, which God calls an abomination, the Pope has decided to virtually bless those things in order to make people feel better, to seduce them into his the mothering arms of the Vatican, where he can further seduce them into the worship of Mother Earth. It's amazing. It's utterly amazing, my friends. Now, I want to give you an opportunity to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. One chapter in this book is called Environmental Deification. And I'm going to share a few other thoughts from that chapter as we go further in the program here today. It's pretty shocking. The things that are revealed in this book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, need to be understood by every man and woman, every pastor, every parachurch leader, that the problem is we think we know it all. You hear the word Messiah, and you think, oh, I know who he is. That's Jesus. Ah, ha, ha. So then why are half of your flock following the God of environmentalism and Mother Earth. You see, we don't really know what we think we know. We're full of pride, full of arrogance, and we're elevating our viewpoints over God's viewpoint. And it's leading us to the cliff over which the majority 
will fall. Like the Pied Piper, the Pope has become like the Pied Piper, leading the untold billions of, or at least 1.3, 1.4 billion uh, Roman Catholics over the cliff with false promises, a false gospel, a false message, and rebellion against the authority of the God that he claims to serve. He claims to be a replacement Christ, the vicar of Christ. He's Christ on earth from his viewpoint. And therefore he can say whatever he wants to say, and you better take it as gospel. Whatever happened to the authority of God and his word? You see, we've got a problem. And we talk about this regularly here on the program. It's an authority crisis. You see, in ancient Israel, when Jesus showed up, the people, the common people, noticed that Jesus spoke differently than the scribes and the Pharisees. They said, he spoke not as the scribes and Pharisees, but he spoke as one that had authority. Why was that? Because Jesus said, the only thing I have come to do is to display what the Father has told me to display, to speak what the Father has told me to speak, and to bring his message. But the religious leaders of the day, they said, well, not quite so much, because we're in power and authority here, and uh, we're going to protect, uh, protect our authority because we don't want to lose our power, perks, and position. Neither do we want to have a problem with Rome. So we're going to protect the status quo, and we're not going to allow this fella who speaks as the oracles of God, who speaks as one with authority and not as us religious scribes, we're not going to allow him to have any truck with the people. We're going to get rid of him. That's the spirit of today, friends. Get rid of everyone who will hold fast to the authority of God and his word and will keep seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness forefront in their mind. That's why This issue of environmentalism is a battle for the souls of men. It's not just a battle for the environment. It's a battle for the souls of men. Mother Earth versus Father God. It's idolatrous. It's an incredible, incredibly deceptive idolatry. Now, I urge you to get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. This is just one, one chapter, Environmental Deification. And I'm bringing things into it here that have just come across my desk in the last two days. The current things that are going on. But the broader picture is set out in the book, which is one of the longer chapters of the book. This environmental gospel is deemed to be the unifying power of earth faith. A counterfeit faith to draw the peoples of the earth more broadly into a new world government of the Western world. 
It's a $22 book, yours for $20. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. This book opens up so many of these false messianic movements, scientific salvation, the United Nations Savior, the globalist Messiah, the cafeteria Christ, the mystery of moral messianism, salvation by syncretism. All of these are the the New Age mystical Messiah. Oh, friends, and we can ju- we're just barely touching the surface. Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. Right there on the website, saveus.org. I hope you'll avail yourself of it. Now, let's take further look at uh, some of the details that are here right in front of us today. We've talked about the private jets headed to the Global Warming Conference literally frozen on the runway in Munich, Germany. Private jets. According to a meteorologist, the runway has turned into a glacier. All flights have been canceled at the Munich airport. Why? Because of global warming? No, because of an ice storm. Nearly 600 flights canceled just today. Munich might have received the most significant snowfall on record. Europe hasn't seen a snow cover like this since 2010. 60% of Europe is blanketed in white amid a global warming conference. Oh, that's right. We called it climate change. Just in case the world wasn't really warming. We'll be back, friends. A little sarcasm doesn't hurt. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we're taking a look at the current status of environmentalism a secular religion with a false gospel uh, that converts each one of us into a godlike 
uh, mindset that we can control the environment that God created and that we can do it for our own purposes without any unintended consequences. Well, U.S. Secretary, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, the former radical liberal governor of Michigan, gave Americans an unintended glimpse of the future during her road trip this last summer, talking about the wonders of electric vehicles. The problem is, these hyped technological marvels, EVs, are booby-trapped with a host of inconveniences and trade-offs. So how many people have heard of what is called range anxiety? In other words, that your car may run out of energy and you're going to be stuck along the side of the road. Or how about exploding lithium-ion batteries? How about the environmental destruction that's caused by global mining for battery minerals? But even more challenges now are in the offing as the federal government in the U.S. and the states pump in billions of dollars to build a massive national infrastructure of charging stations to power the electrical vehicles. Despite California's massive infrastructure investment, now totaling nearly 94,000 public chargers, the state has fallen behind its goal of 250,000 public chargers by 2025 and potentially 10 times that number by 2035. Coupled with the ban on new gasoline-powered cars that takes effect in 2035. This is California, friends. This is Gavin Newsom that wants you to elect him for president. He wants to Californianize the rest of the world and use the hyped-up liberal viewpoints and theories in California to completely cover the earth. California would need more than 2.4 million public chargers to accommodate about 15.5 million electric cars, trucks, and buses by 2035. They're not even close to being able to do that. And the 2.4 million chargers would serve only half the registered vehicles in the state. And also, chargers are expected to lose money until there are enough EVs on the road to justify the investment. And the cost of building a fast charging station with four or more charging ports can range, listen to this, from several hundred thousand dollars to more than a million. Do you have any idea what the what the overall costs of this are? In the meantime, analytics from JD Power says that 20% of all EV drivers report visiting a charger that did not did not or could not charge because it wasn't working or there were long lines. So customer satisfaction is not inclining, it's declining. Chancellor Olaf Scholz's government is completely helpless, said the head of Bavaria. German Chancellor Scholz and his cabinet have led Germany into a serious national crisis, said the prime minister of the nation's most popular state, Bavaria. He said Berlin can now hardly find a way out of this predicament. 
that the government's budget emergency would likely turn into another burden for ordinary Germans. His words came as the federal government in Germany announced the lifting of energy price controls by the end of the year. Limits on electricity and gas prices were introduced to protect households and businesses from soaring prices of gas and electricity. As Germany was actively slashing energy imports from Russia, the measure was introduced in response to the outbreak of the conflict in Ukraine. Today, I shared with a pastor over lunch how the war, the attack by Russia against Ukraine, has precipitated the fulfillment of biblical prophecy in many ways. And this is one of them. This is creating a terrifying problem for Germany. Germany depends 70% on Russian oil and gas energy. So the government is going bankrupt. A government that is just reeling. The head of Bavaria, in particular, criticized the federal government's strategy of combating energy price hikes, resulting from foregoing Russian energy supplies with mere subsidies. The idea of just subsidizing electricity prices doesn't work. He said that the real problem is demanding that Berlin reverse its nuclear power plants phase out in particular. The loss of Russian gas imports due to Ukraine has caused a frightening situation in the largest uh, manufacturing nation in Europe. Now, what would happen? What would happen, my friends, if and when Israel were to suddenly find access to oil, as they did for gas 10 years ago, 50 miles off the uh, coastline in the Mediterranean, that provided them 70 years of energy, enough to where they could export gas to countries from which they had imported gas Previously, what do you think that did to economic factors? But what if God provides the same kind of revelation with the production of oil? God does some divine fracking there in the uh, fault lines heading up from Africa through Israel and releases the oil that the petrogeologists know is buried under Israel. Then what? Is that oil and Israel's gas going to be demeaned as fuel that is unacceptable, carbon-based fuel? Or is it going to be the greatest prize 
that many of the nations of the earth can conceive glomming onto, such that they will confederate together to attack Israel to gain a spoil of oil. I want you to consider that, friends. History has not been finished yet. The whole story has not been written. History is God's story. And I believe that energy is going to be one of the main driving forces as we move toward the end of the age and the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. You might want to read those prophecies again, Ezekiel 38 and 39. In the meantime, the world is stirring up fear the likes of which it's very hard to imagine while world governments would be so intent on stirring up such public fear. It's like what they stirred up with regard to COVID, isn't it? To begin to get every human person on the earth to receive a shot that now is revealing that the mRNA in those shots is so damaging, so destructive, that Iceland now has utterly banned all mRNA shots. Totally banned them. I wonder why. The law of unintended consequences, friends, are playing God and the desire of nations and their governments rather than being God-fearing to create fear, terrifying fear among mankind so as to seduce them into total dependency on a new world order, particularly a Western one world order. This is dangerous times. China is in the midst of this and is not being required to do anything, even though they're the world's worst contributor to so-called global warming. China, China is the largest greenhouse gas emitter in the world. They agreed to reach carbon neutrality by 2060. Many praise the promises, but the reality is China's doing nothing whatsoever to reach that goal. Just the opposite. The promises are at odds with reality. China's economy is mostly based on fossil fuels. They're the most affordable, abundant, and energy-dependent source. China's primary energy consumption in 2022 is the highest in the world and 40% more than the United States which was the second largest user. Last year, 82% of total energy consumed by China came from coal, oil, and gas, natural gas. Coal remains the linchpin of China's energy infrastructure and economic vitality. Now consider, since China, through Xi Jinping, has already declared its intent to rule the world within 30 years, and that was 10 years ago, Do you think they have any intent whatsoever on reducing their energy consumption through fossil fuels? 
you got to be kidding me. No, they're going to increase it. Because to decrease it would be to fight against their goal to rule the world. And they become the leader, together with Russia, in the so-called BRICS nations that are uniting together as an economic powerhouse to compete against the Western One World Order that Joe Biden is seeking to create, that the World Economic Forum is seeking to create, that the resurrected Roman Empire through Europe is seeking to create. And you can see the power brokers of the world, the three great unifications of nations that are described in the book of Revelation that will one day compete with the clashing of swords in the vet, uh, at Armageddon is coming about. You say, well, what's the third one? The Muslim nations. That's the third one. All right. You and I have to decide who we're going to trust. Should we do whatever we can to, uh, shall we say, uh, produce cleaner energy and so on? I don't have a problem with that. But to try to create a boogeyman out there, so to speak, to try to create some monster out there that leads us into a false worship with a false spirituality, with a false savior, this is a problem. So let me share this with you. Mikhail Gorbachev, when he left the Soviet Union, went to San Francisco, and he declared, as part of his great world Gorbachev Foundation, these words, the environmental crisis is the cornerstone for the new world order. Hmm. What do you think? Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. $20 on the website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. And please, seriously consider becoming a partner with us. It's getting tougher and tougher, friends. I'm telling you, it's getting tougher and tougher to get the message out. Has God called you to be a partner? Talk to him about it. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.